This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Basecamp. When you use Basecamp to run projects, people know what to do, people know where things are, and you stay on top of everything all the time. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is John Thibodeau, and he talks to me about his knowledge of gasoline. And I did not know that until he told me during the recording. And uh, I was all, what does that mean? How? What? How could you? How could that be? And then he told me what his work history is, and he's worked on oil rigs, he's worked in refineries, he's been an engineer to determine um, how well refineries were running based on uh, matrices of numbers. We get into a lot of the nitty gritty of a lot of jobs involved in the process of refining oil into gas, and uh, it's being carried to the places that it needs to go, the places that we get crude oil from. We got some fracking talk at the end. It was really, truly fascinating uh, in spite of John's protests at certain times. And we even get some baseball talk in here because we discover that we're both huge baseball fans. Um, so this was a true joy all around. Uh, I really uh, don't think either of us realized how much we were going to have in common for this conversation in terms of um, science and baseball and comedy, etc. Um, basically, John's all of John's professional experience that isn't comedy, uh, as he's currently on the Second City Touring Company, um, was in the oil business, which is so hilarious and cool to me. So I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this. Uh, John was actually an original member of the Nerdlogs, and uh, that's really cool to me. Uh, our times never crossed, um, but at the same time, we have this sort of like, um, he's like an ancestor or something, <laughs> uh, or however you want to look at it. I, I, I think that's really cool. It was so awesome to really be able to sit down and, and have this long conversation with him as someone who I've always kind of looked up to and, and he was originally in the group uh, when I started. Also, I recognize uh, so few people in his life call him John. Um, his name is T-Box. Everyone calls him T-Box. He shall always be T-Box. So this is really MBSing with T-Box. I think that's all I got in terms of an intro. Quick, quick, quick plug for PAX out in Seattle. This weekend, if you're listening to this, I'm probably already there or on my way there. Um, and the Nerlocks have many shows. I will not go into the details. I'd prefer you just look it up. Come over to the ACT Theater, which is where the Cards Against Humanity will be set up all weekend. Um, and check out those shows, because they're going to be so cool. Uh, speaking of cool people who will be at PAX, uh, Jen and Trin of Cards Against Humanity have a podcast that's also in the Chicago Podcast Co-op called Friendshipping. And they discuss friendship, particularly between ladies. They tackle tricky stuff like how can I make friends as an adult? How do I end a toxic friendship? 
and more. Uh, so if you want to support some cool folks over at Cards, who I absolutely love and adore and do so much to coordinate uh, all of us getting out there for packs and uh, beyond in terms of uh, what they coordinate for where PAX is concerned, um, please check that out. Listen to it. If you're unfamiliar with what PAX is in general, check that out. Google PAX, P-A-X, Prime, Seattle. It's a very cool conference. I'm so excited to be a part of what Cars takes to it. And I think that's all I've got for this week. Enjoy NBSing with T-Box. Hear my bass. To the mic. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much again for coming. Oh, no problem. This is a lot of fun. I... Uh, yeah, the subtle, uh, ooh, perfectly cued, <laughs> perfectly cued thunder there. Yeah. <laughs> being recorded in a deluge in a classic chicago deluge of water i feel like this summer has been the worst for rain in any year that i've lived here really yeah i feel like i've gotten caught in it more than i ever have i feel like it's it's been wetter yeah than it ever has been they really i read an article recently that um there's certain areas of the city that are just like overwhelmed by dragonflies because what they eat is all like larva, so there's been all of this like standing yeah. water way more than there I usually is. I saw a is. local news report about that because I love watching local news. My favorite thing to do ever. That is hilarious. <laughs> but that's not what I'm here to talk about today. <laughs> My guest today is John Thibodeau. <laughs> yes, I am the guest, and I don't know what he's here to talk about today. We're doing a very special thing where there's no pre-planning, right of the seat of our pants. Yep. Um, I'm going to talk about gasoline really yeah yeah that's amazing and i figured it's something that, that i might know more than the normal person who listens to the podcast uh-huh. about i would think so, so if, if i feel like if you would choose that as a specific topic yeah you'd have to be a a, a prof on it a prof <laughs> a prof on the gas prof yeah. on the gas baby <laughs> so a little backstory about why i know uh mm-hmm. what i know about gas please um, when I was 17, I interned over the summers at an oil refinery. I figured there had to have been some kind yeah. of professional connection. Yeah, I did that for three summers. Then after college, I worked in the oil fields of southeast New Mexico. No way. And then after I moved to Chicago, I worked in a monitoring center that would use, that was used to monitor oil field equipment. That's so funny. So my whole... So you have literal years of experience uh, yeah. in my, the field of gasoline. <laughs> in the field of gasoline. That's so funny. And not just in my car. Um, what is... So you started as an intern. Mm-hmm. Uh, where was that? That was in... Uh, East east of St. Louis, not East St. Louis, is further enough east, uh, a place called Wood River, Illinois. They have a re- refinery there. Wow. A pretty big refinery, yeah. Um, one second, I'll be right back. Okay. Sorry. MBS has just left the microphone um, and just adjusted the lights, uh, just for all of you at home wondering what's going on right now. Slight delay in our I conversation. Might edit this out. Uh, it was a good, it was a good stopping place, and I wanted the recording like, light to be on. Yeah. And the middle switch is the fluorescent lights. I don't feel so like you don't have to edit it. I feel like I kept the vibe going. I kept okay. the energy going. You did. It wasn't an awkward. You vamped. Yeah. I, I mean, if I'd been a little more professional, I would have thought about that before we started. But I was like, let's get in here. Let's start. Yeah. Okay, it was in an Illinois suburb. Yes, in Illinois suburb, yeah. Um, and I did that, and all my friends were jealous because I had I got a, like a real, like a good, 
hourly rate doing this. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But this isn't an autobiographical podcast. We're <laughs> actually talking about gasoline here, right? <laughs> yeah. So you originally, that was at an oil refinery, you yes, said, right? Yes, yes, yes. So what were your um, duties? What were my duties? Uh, it wasn't a lot for me to do. Because I was working with engineers and I was still not very smart because I was like 17 years old just in high school. So I couldn't do any actual engineering work. Mm-hmm. So instead, uh, I would walk around the refinery and like make sure that certain serial numbers were. It was just like certain serial numbers were on certain pieces of equipment. Just like like meaning. Oh, OK. Yeah. OK. So not much like, like scientific. All the while, I mean, like I worked on a summer long project where I was supposed to be doing like some sort of, you know. <laughs> intelligent thought but it wasn't sure. very complicated it's like they undershot my abilities because it's such a crap shoot it's like what is this, can this guy do sure yeah so how, i wasn't how can you yeah. you know know mm-hmm. what the 17 yeah. year old kid you're yeah. bringing on is capable of yeah basically i would show up and eat my lunch every day it was great <laughs> i mean aside from the fact that i didn't get to hang out with my friends sure over the summer but you, you made know. decent money Made decent money. Yeah, that, that's what and it's all about, right? And had Golden. a job that led to other jobs in the field. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Now I don't do that anymore, though. So In that field. In that field. But it's nice, uh, speaking as someone who, you know, has actually uses the degree that I went to school for, mm-hmm. it's nice to have something where you have, you know, a built-up amount of experience in a certain yeah. industry what do, what do, what degree did you go to school for i have a chemistry degree oh rock on yeah chemistry yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so you're right on, right in on this yeah i actually um, i was gonna talk about the long chains of carbon molecules and how they're broken down by refining processes but that's later first you gotta start with the oil in the ground uh-huh it's old dinosaurs and mm. plants and crap like that right mm-hmm. it gets converted through pressure in millions of years where did they get the oil from uh, at the refinery that you worked at, um, there's a pipeline that goes down to the Gulf of Mexico, all the way, uh, almost along like the length of the Mississippi River, like the spine of the country. So, wow. um, they would get crudes from there, offloaded from Saudi Arabia and other places. Classic crudes, yeah, classic crudes, <laughs> classic crudes. <laughs> also, that refinery had been revamped to handle Canadian uh, crude, wow, which is mined out of open pits. In Canada, so but it's really uh, corrosive to equipment, so they had to like buy a next door refinery and outfit it all with this special kind of steel coated on the inside of the pipe, so it didn't corrode. Wow! Yeah, that is legitimately interesting. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you're excited about it. It's, no, I mean, so let's get excited about science, you know? In the uh, like, my I don't want to derail it yet, but. Um, my boss has a pet project. He used to work at Amico. Yeah. Um, slash, uh, BP. Mm-hmm. And, um, while he was there, his whole job, they called it, uh, he had to deal with, uh, I think they literally called them environmental opportunities. Wow. <laughs> that was what they called oil spills. <laughs> Opportunity. Wow, what a yeah. word you can just throw onto something and make it seem less right. bad than it is. How much yeah. garbage is that? But while he was there, he like picked up this pet project of um, uh, cellulosic ethanol. Mm-hmm. So he like he has like a very small. Um, you have like a little, little factory in his yeah. backyard. There, he I mean, ethanol. it's in Pennsylvania, but okay. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so ethanol actually, is a business that sort of like uh, was real hot. Like when I was in school, getting out of school, like a bunch of people were. What like, What'd you oh, go to school for? Uh, mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. So a bunch of people were like, "Oh, we're gonna go. Uh, we'll work at an ethanol plant. I'm gonna make all this money. They're setting up all these new ethanol plants all over Illinois." And then now 
gas prices are dead. Yeah. So it's sort of killing that. But uh, ethanol is being used a lot. And the, all those cars are coming out with, like, E85. You know, yes. in your Chevy, you could put 85% ethanol in it would still work. That's mm-hmm. pretty crazy. But the, you don't see people making cars like that anymore because it pretty much costs the same amount. It's exactly. So the idea behind cellulosic ethanol is that it's using far less corn and mm. far more um, the brazilians do a lot of that apparently they use yes. like that switchgrass and stuff like that you're exactly yeah. right it's yeah. something that like in south america and um the actually the first companies that moved to or that like started doing it in the u.s started in brazil um so at work we had um customers take our training courses which mm. is what my job is is like a ta for uh chemistry training courses but we had people who came from cellulosic ethanol plants mm. in brazil so my boss was kind of like "Ooh, yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah well brazil is a fascinating country because they're completely energy independent really like, yeah uh or going to be very soon or on the road to there Independent uh, in the sense that... In the sense that um, all the oil that they use is off the coast of Brazil. In like Brazil. The, yeah, yeah. Petrobras. Got it. So Brazilian. they don't do yeah. any... Um, yeah. And, mean, they, and they supplement it with the, the cellulosic ethanol. ethanol. For sure. They have car, their cars run on that. And That's all that. so cool. Yeah. Um, what... So walk people through... This is funny because like I will... As a chemist, know at least some of these processes. So you kind of got into like the crude oil comes up. um, Well, we can even go. We can even go further. uh, See, there's a term in the industry: upstream, downstream. I know. I've heard this before, but I'm not sure I know what they mean. We can go further upstream, is what they say. For so when the oil is in the ground, that's the furthest upstream you can go. Gotcha. Ever since ever 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 after you remove the oil from the ground, you keep going further downstream. Gotcha. So I have worked in every part of the process. That's so funny. That's so cool. Which is. Which is unique because most people work in one piece and then become extreme, extremely uh, proficient at that. Mm-hmm. But I'm young enough where I just bounced around a bunch. That's so funny. And didn't get. I, I'm like jack of all trades, master of none. You know. <laughs> so you were at the refineries as an intern. As an intern, and then we're and down then, in New Mexico. Yeah, post college, I did this thing called. Uh, f- well, uh, the fancy name is formation evaluation engineering or wireline engineering, but really. You're just a, a leader of a crew of people who test um, oil wells to see if there's oil there and what zones, like what depth uh, cool. the oil company needs to produce the well at. Gotcha. So they drill into an area they think has oil, but they don't know exactly at what depth or in what magnitude the oil is at. So then they call in a specialist company, which is like a company that I worked for, and they test out the well and make a, a log. And they give the log to the geologist and the geologist reads the log and can tell where the oil is and how porous the rock is where the oil is because that makes a difference how much oil the well will produce. Sure. Yeah. Where does the engineering come in? The engineering comes in uh, like uh, maintaining the tools, calibrating these tools, and it's like... For the literal drilling and stuff? Yeah. Well, for, for my job, it was... For these tools that were used to make the logs, the logs was oh. my, my pay dirt. What I would give to the client is like this thing. Gotcha. Yeah, so cool. They, they cool, would pay cool. this company to make those. Logs. So you did mostly like most of the 
analysis. Yeah, or... yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for the most part, it's like just giving someone with an engineering degree the amount of responsibility necessary. It's not a lot of like physical, actually yeah. like doing calculations or anything. Mm -hmm. They have like a, uh, there's computer programs that do all that basically sure. and you learn how to use the program oh yeah that. i mean it's I, like any job it's like you know I, if you know what order to, to click the mouse buttons in then you could do this job i absolutely played that game my first job out of college was in qa for a pharmaceutical company and it was exactly what you just said yeah. it was just like they hired a bunch of people who had science degrees so that they actually would be able to follow the process of like these are the medical devices that we use these are the files that you'll get for the patients who use it. Um, so yeah. that makes a lot of sense. That's um, every that's every job I've had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> aside from aside from comedy, it's like right. yeah, it's every job is like, well, you, you, your degree says we can train you, so this is how you do this job. Right. I mean, I feel like that's the ideal in mm. the sense that like you don't want to have to be trying to look for jobs where they're only looking for people who have experience in yeah. that specific field. Yeah. Because that's just you know what most yeah. new graduates are yes. stuck between yeah it becomes a snake eating itself once you're the snake then it's a good thing but if you're not the snake then how do you get in that mouth exactly <laughs> a brilliant you analogy <laughs> you're in your first what's that called ourobora uh sure yeah i think that's, that's the it's something like that. That's what the name of the snake oh. eating its tail is. Oh, cool. Well, um, I should. But I, I always. I, it's a regular thing I use in conversation. Is snake eating its tail. Sure. I should replace it with the real name. I think. And then I always smarter. get it confused with Aurora Borealis. <laughs> well, those are the Northern Lights. We all know that. But I don't know if I'm just saying Aurora because it sounds like Aurora. I know it's really close to that. There are people who are listening to this who are like, um, it's actually, but. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's right. I'm sure they have that voice. Uh, mm, this is what everyone who listens to podcasts sounds like. <laughs> yeah, and they're all constipated when they talk. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's and listening to this on the toilet. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. <laughs> they're all trying to poop while they listen. Oh, if you are actually trying to poop, I'm sorry. Um, If you are actually trying to poop, I am going to say, hey, hang in there, you know? Yeah. You'll get the job done. <laughs> <laughs> Drink right. some coffee. That does it for me. That does it for me too. Apparently, there's a certain percentage of the population who, if you drink coffee, it has like an immediate like reaction. I, I saw that t recently too. I'm part of that. I think. I I'm, think I am too. Yeah. And by the amount, is it of, like thirty percent? Yeah, it's something ridiculously yeah, high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. yeah. I I had the thought one day that was like, oh, so apparently one sip of coffee equals entire bowels. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yep. It's a, <laughs> it's a satisfying feeling, you know? That, it really is, man. Yeah. I, I am with you. But then if you drink too much, it's... <laughs> it's terrible. I, we all know this. Uh, we'll be back in a moment with MBSing on health. MB shitting. MB um, shitting. Okay, so you, that was like postgraduate. Postgraduate. Yeah, postgraduate. Worked in the desert of southeastern New Mexico. How long were you there? Two and a half years. Wow. And then I got laid off. I got laid off in the financial crisis of 2008. Of uh, but I didn't lose my job until early 09. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of people, they, they laid off a lot of people at that point because, you know, the world was falling. Yeah. 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 Uh, I was, um, 
about to graduate from college at that Yikes. point. So it was pretty grim. Yeah. I remember having that thought where I was like, oh man, I've had this job and I like saved some money. I'm lucky. I'm like, what, yeah. what about the people who just got out of school? Like, it's hard for me to find a job and I have like a almost three years, years of, of professional <laughs> legitimate experience, you know? And all in the same field. Yeah. I'm sure that helped in the long run. Yeah. 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 And then you came back up to this area? Yes, I came to this area and uh, got a job with a small software company who was doing predictive analytics. Wow, this is getting real sciencey. Also real fast. for gas, though. Yeah, uh, well, they, they created this. These people at the Argonne National Lab created this. Oh, algorithm. you worked at Argonne? No, no. The company was formed oh. on. <laughs> Whoa, what no, no, a no, no, nerd! No. I got so. <laughs> 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 More from the constipated listener later. Uh, no, the company was formed off an off of a um, a project that was done at Argonne National Lab, cool. which was like about um, basically. I don't. I work there, and I don't even know the ins and outs of this algorithm. But it's an algorithm that's makes what was it the easy. Company it was called Smart Signal, mm-hmm. and then it got bought by GE, so it was part of GE after. after that, that doesn't surprise me that yeah. a place like that would get yeah, snatched yeah, yeah, up real yeah, quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of nerds made a company, and then GE bought it. That's what, <laughs> that's what GE does. A bunch of nerds made a company that could be very profitable. Yeah, yeah. 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 So they just take it. It's like one of those. You know how the have you ever seen those IBM commercials where it's like we look at big data and tell you what to do. Big data with a big data people like so. It's like that is the, almost like the foundation. It's like so hard to describe, but like if you have a sh- a crap ton, a shit ton of numbers, mm-hmm. you can uh, basically make uh, these crazy matrices that enable you to predict what, with a certain degree of certainty, what like the next number in a sequence will be, sure. or if if the number in the sequence is deviating from a large amount from what the sequence has traditionally done. That's like a point yeah. of interest. Yeah, yeah, and then we use that information. Man, that's so funny. Yeah, that's yeah. that's in deep. Yeah. This is like the uh, saber metrics of gas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So OPS, no. Uh. <laughs> and then the company established something called War. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, when the company is better than a replacement company. <laughs> uh I feel like somebody has to know a lot about baseball yeah, and or you, science. You to know and I are definitely the middle of a Venn diagram that not too many people are the, in the middle of, yeah. and I am loving it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what it's about, you know? She, yeah. Um, yeah, so the, 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 the program that this company made would uh, make that information easily digestible, mm-hmm. uh, and basically we could tell – if certain for pro- someone who doesn't know what giant matrices of numbers exactly mean. yeah it do basically turn into a graph with two lines and if the lines separate that's bad if the lines are close together that's good that's how easy that's how, how yeah. complicated something so complicated it got so simple that's and, hilarious and my job was to tell people when the lines got separated <laughs> Don't and, don't try to find gas there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this this was used for at, so this company used it for um for like uh predictive maintenance. So like if oh. if like your exhaust temperature on your uh something in the refinery some, process. Yeah, something in the refinery process Interesting. was going was going different then you'd be like hey uh you either had a process upset or there's something like uh re- reliability wise that's going wrong with your equipment that is f- so interesting that that, that that much that specific of a company could exist yeah, just so to tiny. monitor yeah. 
other like yeah refinery it's like processes. a little it's like a little leech company yeah you know? yeah yeah but like uh what g was, was that also a contract type thing or um, yeah they, they worked on contract for different like we, right. like we worked with like bp and chevron and like all those these big companies who yeah. are like, oh we want to save a quarter of one percent on our uh, reliability budget this year let's uh hire this company and give them a few million dollars see what they can do. you know like one of those things <laughs> sure um the kinds of things <laughs> We're like giant companies yeah, like that yeah. can pay other people. We're like the to tiny companies like living and dying by like the every whim of the big company. And yes. like they would get one contract. I remember when I first started working there, they were like, um, we just signed uh we just signed the contract. Everybody go down to the conference room, we're all gonna drink whiskey. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> it's like on Mad Men when yeah. they get lucky strike and yeah. everyone's like, Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, everybody go down, we're gonna drink some Irish whiskey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then G E bought them and then all the fun went away. Mm, <laughs> but yeah. the productivity probably undoubtedly increased. But they probably yeah. Jack Dunnegy came in and <laughs> Shineheart wig Isn't company. Isn't that so funny? Because as soon as you said GE, the first time I yeah. thought of 30 Rock, it's... Yeah. Oh, uh, the, the coolest thing is... Now one, we're making like a three-circle Venn diagram. Yeah. And we're in that. Yeah. <laughs> the coolest thing was once GE bought us, we had the whole entire GE mailing list. Oh. And guess what? The first thing I did was look up all the characters NBC. from 30 Rock. Yeah. And they're in there. They had fake email addresses in the GE. Stop. There was a Liz Lemon That's email amazing. address. Yeah. Oh, it was great. It they're was like twofer.com. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. They just had somebody had made fake accounts for all these 30 Rock characters. Oh, that's so delightful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, and then Comcast brought bought NBC Universal and I think they went away after that because mm. then yeah GE was no longer a part of that thing <sighs> Lame. Yeah. that's like um uh I was talking to someone recently who was like I can't believe that there's not a small town just like a small nothing town in the middle of Indiana that hasn't tried to change their name to Pawnee oh yeah because can you imagine like what uh, there, that would there's, do? there's also precedent for something like that happening because there's a small town inside of New Mexico called Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. Oh. And everybody calls it T or C, but Truth or Consequences was like a game show in the 60s or something. Right. Like yeah, so they, the town changed their name to the name of the game show. To try to, like, yeah, to get to people like, to yeah. visit? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was just, so. I think the person I was talking to about it was like, can you imagine if a small town in Indiana changed their name to Pawnee and then just had one place called JJ's Diner, <laughs> how much people would, like, lose their shit over that? Yeah, and I was yeah. like, yes, people would actually actually want to go to indiana <laughs> yeah nobody wants to go to indiana nope no there's nothing good well i mean there are good people in indiana don't let me sure. get you wrong on that sure and i know some good people from yeah. indiana yeah good people good people um but but um Mike yeah. Pence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, so once you have the oil out of the ground <laughs> Well, we we've skipped over a large a large. But we, like, I mean, you know. it's funny you say it's not an autobiographical thing, but sometimes that's the easiest way to kind of track the yeah. topic is like your relationship with it. You it's know, true. Yeah, um, that, yeah, that's that's very true. And when I was in New Mexico, I even d- uh, participated in like what they call seismic surveys, where they have these big trucks with these huge like weights, and they just put the weight on the ground and. They're uh, loaded up with a program, and they like thump the ground. Pound it. Yeah, they thump the ground really hard, and they have like little uh, instruments that can like piezoelectric 
things that can listen and hear the vibrations and they make and then you send them like these huge packets of data and then they analyze and it. some other poor yeah. some engineering other, schmuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> some other poor engineering schmuck who knows the right sequence the sequence of mouse clicks uh. does the, his, the his thing <laughs> and then they can tell the, the layers of the rock formations and stuff and that's cool. more of that's what more i like, thought your engineering thing was yeah. it's like that's literally going like oh there's yeah oil here and not here mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and the, basically when I would come along, to normally when I had that job was after they already were pretty sure, and a lot of it was like in existing fields. Sure. So it's like, we know there's oil Because they're here. not going to make those logs for just every, you know, square foot of New Mexico. No, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they would pretty much know there was oil or gas there and then have an idea what depth it was at. But they just wanted to be completely sure. It was like an insurance policy almost. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And they don't even do a lot of the what I used to do anymore. A lot of it is now, I'm sure you heard of about uh, the shale, shale, shale gas. I have heard. Shale, shale oil. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons that the United States is becoming more energy independent is because, uh, and also the drilling production has gone through the roof, which has made oil prices go lower. Less. Because, yeah. 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 Simple economics 101. Yeah. Um, <laughs> A thing that in is a very good thing, but that a bunch of major corporations are, uh, yeah. you know, losing their shit over. Because yeah. all of a sudden they don't have such a grip. Somewhere in Houston there's someone throwing papers into the air and chugging whiskey. And yeah. Just being like, no, the world's going to end. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, you know, only makes money through, like, mortgaged properties and things like that. Yeah. And he's like, no. My capital. <laughs> yeah, they're probably saying a bunch of words that I don't understand <laughs> because I'm too poor to understand. <laughs> I I only pulled that from um, the documentary Queen of Versailles. Oh, Are you with that? yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. The house just like goes lays to ruins because yep. yeah. Because yeah. the economic crisis in 08 mm. not only affected the small people, yeah. but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it affected the rich people who were preying off the small people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So when the shark dies, so do the parasitic fish. <laughs> 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 the mores are going to... <laughs> yep, 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 yep. It's a big ocean wasteland out there. <laughs> yeah. Um. So <laughs> when... Okay, what did you do after the uh, engineering stuff? After the engineering stuff in Or was that the end of your, um, or no, after Smart Signals? Oh, Smart Signal got bought by GE, and I continued working there in pretty much the same job for a while. And then, then, then I quit, and I said, I'm done. No more oil. Yeah, and I said, no more oil, which is weird. I still I still look at the newspaper, and I'm like, oh, oil prices are up today. You sure. Know, like, like, I still, How can you not? Yeah. 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 It was yeah. like a, such a big part of what I did for so long. I feel like when that kind of thing, like I did um, very uh, like small scale research that had to, in when I was in college that had to do with like um, photovoltaic cells. Yeah. So like anytime I see that kind of research pop up, I'm like, mm-hmm. Ooh, you know that yeah. it's, you're always, it's like, that's such a natural human thing. When you mm-hmm. have an interest or a background in something, yeah. you, it, um, piques your interest when you see something what like. was your research about i like hearing about people's research because um, i like to like try to like compartmentalize and be like oh that's pretty interesting yeah. sure yeah so um i worked in an inorganic chemistry lab mm-hmm. um but we made um mac big uh organic macro cyclic ligands so big like uh carbon um circles 
Yeah. And uh, but we um, put they were chromium. Uh, uh, there was chromium in the middle of them. So they were, that was why they, what made them ligands was, it was just like these big, uh, carbon circles with chromium in the middle. And chromium has, is really unique. Um, do they use the, chromium in catalytic converters? Is that, um, is that I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Um, it has so many different, yeah. um, uh, electron yeah. formations that, um, it transfers energy, like very uniquely Mm -hmm. so our research mirrored that of like photosynthesis so in a leaf um when you have a leaf there are only certain parts of the leaf that can actually carry out photosynthesis Mm -hmm. most of it is just large and takes in as much energy as it can from the sun so the all of the cells in the leaf are extremely efficient at um, transporting that energy to where the photosynthesis actually happens. Yeah. So our research mirrored that with these macrocyclic ligands. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea being that on a big scale with the photovoltaic cells, you have, you know, um, a big uh, sun. What is solar panel solar panel jesus um, <laughs> yeah so you have a big solar panel and it's very similar to a leaf yeah. there are only certain places in the panel that actually convert the sun into energy so our research was so you're, you're trying to make a, a, a leaf based solar panel basically right? yeah. yeah so our, it's like how people make those roach rob- robots that run really fast yeah like, like well, why don't we look at nature and see yeah, what we can do it yeah. was very much that kind of thing like this is the model um, and ours was obviously on the like molecular level of studying what the energy transfer rates were between those different. Um, so I uh, was uh, synthesizing different um, cycles. So like all those macro cycles, like they had only made certain ones and my lab was trying to make different ones to see what the energy transfer was between the molecules. Were you successful? Um, I was successful in that I did synthesize something that no one had yet, mm-hmm. um, in order in this specific, you know, uh, research application. So we were able to measure the energy transfer rates between yeah. what I did and between what other people who'd worked in that lab had done. And it was, uh, I got, I was like second author on a paper. Nice. I was yeah. just about to ask you, what was the publishing process like? Yeah. I didn't, uh, I've never done anything like that. Inorganica before. Chemica Acta is no. the, was is the, the journal? publication. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Are you still a subscriber? Do you just uh, no. see what people are doing? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no. This is very dry. <laughs> um, but it is cool to like have a professional resume that yeah. has a uh, publication on it. And I've been published in, um, as like a third or fourth author on something since I started working at this uh, place I currently work at. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, this cool. is Gases and Instrumentation. It's more of a like Gases magazine. and Instrumentation. Okay. Cool. Yeah. One, yeah. Sum- one summer at the oil refinery, I, in- I interned in an in- instrumentation and control group. Really? Yeah. So they, like when you think about controlling an oil refinery, there's a lot of things that have to happen. Yeah. It's like the cruise control. Like it's all like the, basically the same level of technology as the cruise control in your car. Cool. But like imagine like a million different cruise controls working in har- trying to work in harmony with each other, but using the same technology as like a 1970 Ford Cutlass cruise control. You know? Right. It's like not complicated. 
Specific, sure. I mean, like it's complicated once you get into like, a really granular Nitty gritty, level, yeah, yeah. But like overly, it's not super complicated, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's amazing that we can do the things that we can do. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you were doing the stuff at Smart Signals, you were basically looking at processes like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So we would pull all our data off the control systems for the for the refinery. Cool. So you, like, when you got in there, we're like, well, I know what these things look like. You know what yeah, I mean? That's yeah. kind of cool. Which is, yeah, it was sort of a unique um, experience. I mean, it was um, very mentally draining soul-sucking work, obviously, but not obviously, but it was. Yeah. Um, Monitoring all the processes. Yeah, and the way the, the way the our system was set up was, like, we were all... Um, we were set. We were billed as a monitoring center. So, like, what was okay. the name of that company? That was still Smart Signal. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, w- I think I was thinking of the um, the control people. Yeah, that was when I was an intern. Still an intern. Gotcha. Just learning the ropes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but while you're at Smart Signal, yeah, it was taxing. Yeah, uh, because we I would work twelve. Tw- it was twelve hour days, <sighs> which is terrible. Did you do like three? Four twelves or it was four on four off, yeah, and then Man, six, I bet you six made on six off. Damn. But we were salary, so it was just like you just had to do it. Really? Yeah. I mean, I bet it was good money, but yeah, I mean, it's good money, but um, uh, yeah, the, the schedules are weird. Twelve hour days, six twelve hour days in a row is the worst. But that's unreal. Yeah. I mean, I worked more hours in shorter amount of time in the oil field, but that's expected when you're just like. Out in the middle of nowhere doing stuff like that. It's almost sure. like, like that that job. Oh, also, I never really worked a traditional schedule in my history in the world. That's work so funny. I had uh, the because in the oil field in New Mexico was like that was purely like seven on seven off. Like oh, this wow. is my week on, and in that week you could I would be I would be away from home consecutively for like a few days at a wow. time, which is weird. Yeah, I feel like the oil like industry it's really. bizarre world it's like the it's like one of the last few places where it's like this is like the wild west yeah. like there are towns in like south dakota and wyoming and stuff where literally it's like well whoring and gambling is our problem because <laughs> all the men get their money and then that's all they want to do you know like, it's like sure i know. mean man yeah if you keep someone away from civilization yeah. for days on end yeah. And it's the sailor in port syndrome. Yeah, you know? right. That's a, a perfect analogy. Um, that's crazy. But the oil industry is evil. I, I just want to make that clear. Um, I know a lot about it. That does not mean I embrace it. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, so what's the... So you... Um, we talked about downstream versus upstream yeah. earlier. So the farther upstream things get, the more refined gasoline farther downstream they get. the farther downstream the furthest upstream is the yeah. crude when you think about it I, I, it's like a river analogy like uh upstream of the river if you're going against the current you're gonna the river is gonna get smaller and eventually dissolve into much a little babbling brooks got it right? got it yes. but then downstream it's this huge deluge which is what the refinery creates it's just this big outpouring of gasoline um, and other products, other products. Right. I was going to say, so I remember at some point in my life figuring out that like Vaseline is just like a byproduct of that Yeah, petroleum, petroleum jelly for sure. Yeah, yeah. And there's a number of other things like, like uh, that. They make a bunch of plastics, they lube oil in your car as well. Um, like, you know, plastic bags have some components of um, oil, I think. What was the reason behind the 
biggest reason behind the plastic bag ban. Do you know? I'm not sure, but I know the solution they put forth is total bullshit. Have you been to Walgreens since then? No. They give you a thicker bag. The solution to the plastic bag ban is a thicker plastic, plastic bag, bag with a, with the statement that it is reusable. Right. So I have. Seen who's going to save these thicker black bags? Yeah, I feel like I've only been to grocery stores, and it's just all Walgreens. Um, get your shit together. Paper bags. <laughs> Together, people are going to do this exact same thing. Yes, yes. And then when they do it, they're going to be throwing away more plastic. Yeah, come on. Yeah. What is that? See, that's why I asked if you knew what the like reasoning was. Because to it's me, terrible. Yeah. it seems weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I, I feel like I've yeah. just seen more paper bags in the last like two weeks than mm-hmm. I have in my whole life. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. That's like saying we're going to ban handguns. And then you just keep selling handguns and call them finger guns. Right, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you use your finger to pull the trigger, <laughs> and fingers are you used can, to uh, hold the You can reuse gun. these. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, you can reuse the, the bags, so. I mean, you could have reused the other ones, and really. The, one that, the thing that really pisses me off is I'm sure some, like, 35-year-old MBA got a promotion because he was like, uh, guys, what if? <laughs> right. What if we say the bags are reusable? Uh. Yeah, your VP. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of like that's the kind of thing we like here. At <laughs> I have totally seen those bags because they're more like yeah, they're more clean. terrible. They're yeah. they're worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Worse for if a the kid gets their head stuck in there, they are suffocating. No hope. No hope. <laughs> they are suffocating. Before they might have been able to like yeah. suck a hole yeah. through. You the could, yeah, you could have suck a hole. You could use your teeth. You could bite at it. it. You know, these are these are death some, traps. Yeah. <laughs> suffocation machines. <laughs> yeah. I could not design a better suffocation machine myself. <laughs> uh, so I, I think a lot of people wouldn't realize that um, most gasolines. And uh, oils in general are a mix of a bunch of. Hexanes. They are, and I. Uh, or, uh, I also intern at a place called inside of the refinery called the gasoline blender. Ooh. So uh, when you go to the pump to get gasoline in your car, there's 93, and there's nine. Is there still 93? Well, I think so. 93 is like super. Well, let's. I think it's mostly 87, 89, 91, or 93. Okay. Uh, octane. Yes. Level, which is the that number is the percentage. Of octane in the gas, octane is you, as a chemistry person, you know it's like eight the, carbons. Eight carbons, yes, eight carbons. And basically, the process of refining is when you get crude oil out of the ground, the black mushy stuff is super long carbon chains. And when you refine it, you throw heat at it and different things at it to break it uh, and heat it up and let it mm-hmm. re. Yeah, you break these long carbon chains. And then once you have different levels, they, they break it down. It's like when you're making beer. When people are making beer, yeah. they have a wort, they call it, right? Wort is like the beer when it's not beer yet. Oh, when it like has it. Yeah, exactly. Mar- malting process yeah. and stuff. Yeah, so like you have that wort version. Is, is it like called the, wort? I don't know. Um, that might be the gasoline wort. <laughs> that's really funny. But there's a, I, That sounds familiar to yeah. me, though. Yeah, I think it sounds familiar. Um, uh, in in the um, in the beer conversation world. of beer, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, gasoline has a bunch of versions of that. So there's like different levels, and you have a bunch of units at a refinery, and they all generally produce like uh, a kind of gas or a kind of uh, product 
at a certain octane level. Mm-hmm. And then when that's all done, you have all these different batches, and then they have to blend them to form your 87, your 91, 93, or whatever. Sure, 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 sure. Um, so what makes up the other 13? Um, uh, you have uh, seasonal well, seasonal additives. So okay. like the gasoline that they make in the summer is different than the gasoline they make in the winter, which a lot of people don't know. Interesting. Um, also, winter s- would have things like anti and things like that in it. Well, I think... Um, I, I think mean, the, gasoline's not going to freeze. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure exactly what they add and what the differences are. Um, I would imagine uh, the one in the winter has uh, probably a, a higher percentage of lighter elements just mm-hmm. because the nature of it being Increase colder, the... you get less vapor to combust and all that. Sure, sure. Um, Viscosity might be a factor. Yeah, you don't want your gas to freeze in your tank, although that it has to be very cold for that to happen. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. What was I? Oh, something sparked a thought, but I've lost it. All right, all our thoughts are gone. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they make they make gasoline different in in the seasons, and then they blend it uh, in this pretty like. Yeah, it's a cool process where like it's not like they blend it all like in one pot like you would blend the cake batter for a mix. Mm-hmm. It's like it's the it's the equivalent of like you blending like you blending getting the water a perfect temperature right when the shower turns oh, on. Like so that's funny. it's like all these streams are mixing uh-huh. to form like the perfect lukewarm water uh-huh. mix and what as it's happening. And cool. how like so now like it all of the would all of that be transported via like um trucks away from or would there be more pipeline type things it's mostly pipeline the pipeline is a large percentage trucks are a, a smaller percentage a lot of times for like remote areas and also oh. to get to your individual gas stations yeah but right the, uh from the refinery itself it goes to like a distribution station which would be like a bunch of tanks where the trucks would pull up but for the most part yeah, pipeline is how it how it wow. is moved around the country, and like airports, like um, our refinery had like a pipeline for because it would make jet fuel tool too. Oh. Jet A, it's called. They, they would uh, just have a pipeline that went straight to the airport. So wow, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's not something I feel like you think about. Yeah, nobody thinks about that kind of infrastructure. I guess mm-hmm. I don't know. I we should just do all away with it all. I read a bike so. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need no gas. Yeah, I don't need no gas. Um, yeah, it's been it's been really interesting uh listening cuz in the in my boss's like pet project. Yeah. Um it recently in the last year or so, he'd had it for over a decade. Um and was trying to find an oil company that would buy it. Mm-hmm. Um because basically he has a very efficient process for the breakdown of cellulose which is really rare Mm -hmm. um and like you said um when they were using corn it was basically uh you know yeah it's a wash it's a total wash the amount of energy they use to make it Mm-hmm. is basically equivalent to what the energy would have been, you know, in that unit of gasoline. Um, so no one was trying to do anything else with cellulose because, uh, for similar reasons, like there was never a, a plus side. Um, but his process has a lot to do with um, using specific acid levels to um, 
break down the cellulose into its sugar components mm-hmm. that would then you know be used to be converted into alcohols so the hardest part of the process is literally going from cellulose to the sugars and um he was sitting on this technology for over a decade he had a small pet plant or a small um plant test, test, test plant run. in pennsylvania and uh didn't you know the only money for it was coming from the project itself from his own mm-hmm. um pocket so he's just trying to sell it to somebody did he ever get rid of it in the last year yeah, yeah a company called sweetwater up in rochester new york hmm. bought it um rochester real center for innovation Rochester. yeah it, it kind of is though it's i, don't know. I heard recently that it's liter that they're like one of the um kind of cities on the rise and it and when i heard that i was like huh i mean doesn't surprise me because i know this thing about a a big oil company making a i mean it sweet this will make sweet water like the the plant they established in rochester will be that's like in its very early stages will be the third cellulosic ethanol plant in the u.s like it's super early on Mm -hmm. in terms of of the u.s being involved but um, the funny thing that he was telling me about, like, the way U.S. the U.S. views um, cellulosic ethanol is that um, because we're so corn-focused, yeah, um, just, like, all of the ethanol production has been all, always. All of these companies were just using, like, husks mm-hmm. and shucks and things like that, like, things that they wouldn't use in the ethanol process, which is so, like, light and... Yeah nothing that you know truck a truck full of corn husks is yeah. like your biggest problem would be compressing them all so they would be heavy enough to even warrant it r- exactly like the gas that you're going to use to transport yeah. that is obviously expending more energy so he his processes work like better for any cellulose so you're talking like sawdust and wood chips and sawdust like, really Wow, that's intense. Yeah, like I've literally taken sawdust and carried it through the process in the lab that I work in that, yeah. that they would do on a like... Huge scale. Huge, yeah. giant scale. So that's some of the most interesting stuff I've right. done in my job, honestly, which really doesn't have anything to do with my <laughs> day-to-day job, but it's cool to be in an environment that's like yeah. small enough like that that he's like... Hey, they need to do this at the, you know, plant mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania. Can you work this up? And we have a bunch of GCs and HPLCs. That's what yeah. we actually teach classes yeah. on. Um, G- general chemists? Is that what GCs? Uh, gas GC? chromatography. Oh, okay. Liquid chromatography is what we teach classes on. So oh, we okay. have GCs and LCs in our lab, and the plant has, like, one, and we have... 10 <laughs> oh, you guys are balling out of control yeah yeah so like often when people it's it goes both ways because big pharmaceutical companies also have giant labs yeah. full of chromatography instrumentation but very small companies uh schools yeah. things like that have one so when people yeah. from those kind of places walk in they're like <gasps> yeah <laughs> It's like the kid who has like five Nintendos. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you need all those Nintendos every- for? <laughs> I could play on one for three days. Exactly. Yeah. There are literally people who are just like, but what do you guys? What do you guys do with them between classes? Are you guys just? 
do a lot of contract work, Why right? haven't we solved it yet? <laughs> yeah. You're hogging all the good shit. <laughs> if I had this, I could have solved it. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting to be, and it's also a very, um, it's applicable to a very wide range of, so the oil industry is just like a small uh, fraction of the kind of people who come through our classes. But anyway, that mm-hmm. was a, a lot from my end. <laughs> Don't knock the oil industry, man. They'll come after you. <laughs> Dick, Dick Cheney's cronies. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, what do you? How do you think that uh, all of this has like factored into you know when you put the nozzle into your gas tank, or like you said, when you see what the like price of an a barrel of oil is? Well, I think like especially my time in New Mexico, getting to work with like the people who actually do the the grunt work of mm-hmm. like bringing oil to your gas tank. Right. It's like when I think, when I look at the price fluctuations, it makes me think about like those people sure. either like losing their job or like more people being hired on and like these boom towns exploding, like sure. with seemingly innocuous, like $10 fluctuation in the price for, you know, a barrel, a barrel, a barrel of crude oil. It's like, wow, people are, that uh, has a huge yeah. swing on the entire yeah. industry. Yeah, I don't want to see living and dying, but people are like losing and gaining their jobs based on that sort sure. of stuff. Sure. Which is something people don't think about really. No. Fracking. Let's talk yeah. fracking for a second. Fracking. Oh, we were, I was about to touch on it because fracking is, because uh, I was, uh, I mentioned well, shale. About shale. I was talking about yeah, shale. Earlier. I almost brought it up when you yeah. mentioned shale. <laughs> yeah. And then we started talking about something else. But yeah, shale. shale the fracking is, shale is why fracking exists mm-hmm. because it's, uh, it, there's a lot of so oil. So explain that process for someone who may not be familiar. Yeah, I can. Um, so earlier I mentioned, if people are still listening to this, God bless you. Um, <laughs> I think this is great. We don't use, I haven't done anything this scientific, I don't think. So this is very okay, cool for good. me. And I think it's enough of a break of pace in what some of the other topics are. Yeah. All right. I mean, it, on, on the other hand, I've had people tell me that they listen to, an, like, I told you Sean Cooley did yeah. that episode about um, the Boston Red Sox winning yeah. the 04 World Series. I had multiple people say, I never thought that I would find that episode as interesting as I did. Yeah. Like, I think anything... I'm bitter about that because they beat the Cardinals. Mm. Um, <laughs> but everyone hates the Cardinals, so it's okay. I won't, yeah, I won't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty hard for me to listen to you talk about how good Jason Harris doing. But at the same time, I'm like... Shelby Miller's tearing it up, but we're hey, we're, we're yeah, spoiling yeah. it. Game we're, respect game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, there was a time where I I was envious of Braves fans. Let's not forget about that. Oh sure, I mean, but the that, Bobby the Bobby Cox era. Mm-hmm, How'd you guys only get one out of that? That's exactly what I was about to point out. Is yeah. like you were envious of an era because we kept winning our division. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that and I had TBS at home, so I could yeah, watch all the games all the time. Yeah. yeah, I think they, I think they definitely garnered a lot of uh, flack for that whole like anyone yeah. who yeah. was a baseball fan at the time. How do you spoil Glavin Smoltz and uh, Maddox? Maddox. <laughs> one. One. Yeah, dude. Yeah, as as a kid, all you need is three pitchers in a playoff series. As a kid, I did not understand like how much more success we should have had. Because yeah. you know, all I all I knew was like, well, Braves won the pennant again. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. it was like fourteen in a row. Yeah. Um, fracking. <laughs> yes, we were talking about fracking. Yes, 
Um, uh, I took it off topic because I had to convince you that people would be interested in yes, this. Yes, that is true. Yes, you did. Yes. Uh, let me and get- then we talked about something that people probably still may not be interested in. Yeah, nobody cares about the perils of the Bobby Cox era of Atlanta Braves from the 90s. Um, uh, I love Trevor Jones, though. He was great. Um, you have to, man. You have to. You, you have, have to. to. Franchise uh, player. Fracking. <laughs> Fracking. Oh, so I mentioned porosity <laughs> earlier, which is a characteristic of the rocks. It's like how many little tiny holes are in the rock? So that's where the oil lives. The oil lives in the gaps in the rock. So uh, shale is a kind of rock that has very low porosity. And the problem with that is it's very hard to get the oil out of the ground because um, you have the, it's like a, think of it as you sticking your straw in an orange and trying to suck the orange juice out. If the orange is like real not porous then it's hard to get the orange juice out so um for the longest time this is the biggest conundrum uh in this sort of exploration side of the oil industry nobody can figure out nobody can figure out how to get the oil out of the ground in these big shale reserves which are Mm -hmm. all over in the u.s that's where all these boom towns are happening and these Mm -hmm. on top of these shale reserves it's like when people figured out that you could like chemically mine for uh like gold and things like that oh yeah 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 as opposed to just sifting through rocks (laughs) yeah exactly yeah so um basically fracking it was developed as a method to extract this oil well i mean fracking's been going on for longer than that but they finally figured it out by using different types of chemicals in a different process that now we could get this oil out of the shale rock so basically the way fracking is being implemented now is almost well a majority in these shale zones where you drill a rather shallow well and then now with directional drilling you can make that well make a left turn and uh, and basically just almost go horizontal through the levels through, of shale through the shale cuz the, the the earth is a layer cake right so we have mm-hmm. different types of rock at different depths so we can just take a left turn into the shale and then what they do <clears throat> is they put down a bunch of explosives into the hole and then they explode little fractures into the rock hence fracking but Mm. um the problem with those fractures is they're really small so after they explode the explode the ordnance into the well into the and create these little fractures they pump high pressure water and sand it's a special proprietary sand which they call propent which is just basically something to force the rock apart Okay. So um, they use these super high power pumps and just pump this water at very high pressures and try to crack the rock. And they do. They're successful. They crack the rock and um, it creates these little passageways where the oil can flow. So ideally, they crack the rock and then they suck out all the water that they pumped in there. And then the oil starts flowing, and yay, yay, happy fun times. Everybody gets rich. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but uh, meanwhile. Little do, meanwhile, little do we know, you're pumping uh, very high-pressure water into the water table and cracking rocks where oil is. So naturally, some of it's going to go where you don't think it's going to go. Right. And you're going to mess up stuff, you know. <laughs> There's never been a species powerful enough on the earth to like crack the earth right know? and obviously that's there's no telling the yeah. you know long-term uh, yeah. uh effects it has on yeah. any of that ground that's happening in mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure there is telling i mean they, they frag in these towns and then they like have a thousand percent more earthquakes the next year you know? really 
Yeah, they have all these like low-level earthquakes are occurring uh, in these fracture towns where it's like, oh, yeah, another 4.0 earthquake the other day. Um, so how like when you say shallow mm-hmm. drilling, what does that mean? Oh, it's just like on the scale of you know how deep is your well. Um, so the those I guess I don't even know what the you know distances would be for actual oil. So all of that's kind of a yeah um, question mark. So there are places where oil is very shallow in the earth, and that would be like a few hundred feet down. Okay. Like when people first started drilling for oil, like Little Round Top was one of the first big gusher oil wells like in um, in Texas. I was going to say probably Texas. Yeah, <laughs> like those gushers in Texas were only a few hundred feet. Like there will be blood. They're only drilling a few hundred feet yeah. down. Maybe even not even multiple hundreds, like 100 or 200 feet. Wow. And um, that's where the technology was at the time. And, uh, like, Deepwater Horizon, the one that BP fucked up and like, destroyed the whole uh, gulf, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I think that was somewhere in the neighborhood of 30,000 feet. Wow. And that was in the gulf itself, yeah, right? Yeah, in the gulf. So when I say shallow, I mean relatively. Like, you know, um, I used to drill – not drill. I used to do wire, wire line or uh, logging or testing on these wells that they before they did the fracture thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, 3,000 feet, which is not oh. – not that deep, but it's still like you know that's you're on the better part of a mile down below below the surface. Right, right. And you're talking about a mile's worth of yeah. other things yeah. on top of what you're sucking something out of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the deepest well I've ever was involved with was like thirteen thousand feet, which is pretty. I mean, for on land, that's not bad. But mm-hmm. there's some places in Texas where they do drill uh, um, like uh, closer to twenty thousand feet, which wow. is insane. Uh, but this, you know, on way on the edge, especially mm-hmm. out of, over water, they drill a lot deeper. Mm-hmm. So the shale is usually at. Well, it's uh, it depends where you are, but a lot of times it's uh, yeah more shallow than thirty thousand feet. A couple hundred. Yeah. Yeah. And that is mostly happening in what uh, parts of the country? Um, there's uh something called the Barnett Shale, which they name all these shales. That's right? funny. Um, that is in Texas, I believe, and there's a big um Wyoming shale over there. Remember the people are talking about the Keystone Pipeline? That yeah. yes does sound familiar. So there's a big shale deposit on one end of that pipeline, which I would, that's why they wanted to build a pipeline. To yeah. get all that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, why don't we just use less oil, huh? Yeah. Exactly. Ugh, yikes, government. <laughs> Yeah, it sucks because it's like, well, I guess being, you know, more energy independent is obviously why this is such a um, huge topic, Mm -hmm. huge um, thing of interest, but. It's, yeah, maybe more windmills and <laughs> yeah it's not impossible there are countries that are doing it it's, well, there's some European country who like buys trash from another country and then burns it to create power which then they sell back to the I mean give me a break yeah I I was having a conversation um with my boyfriend recently about like specifically political innovation yeah that uh that the u.s is very terrible about <laughs> like mm-hmm. in terms of uh, making big changes to things we always tend to arrive at the right solution but it takes us so long to get there and right it's frustrating very frustrating right and uh he basically said something to the effect of for a country who uh purports and prides itself to be completely innovative you yeah. know to be at the forefront of all these industries we certainly don't you know we don't do that very well politically but i also think that kind of thing 
you know, filters out into things like mm-hmm. giant oil companies yeah. that, that just have this financial grip on so many other industries. Yeah. Oh, man. Are we going to get into politics? Is this happening I right mean, now? I mean, it just seemed unavoidable. <laughs> oh. I, I don't think you could talk about fracking without... That's true. Yeah. Dip, at least yeah. toe-dipping into the yeah. politics of it. Yeah. Fracking is terrible. It, I mean, it, it ruins people's, like, water supplies. And, you know, when it's... Yeah, because you're good. you're you're forcing you know mm-hmm. who knows what into the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. I mean, yeah, we're we're pumping all sorts of proprietary chemicals. Like the, they patent these chemicals, so they don't have to release the ingredients list. Right? Uh, so like nobody so knows nobody exactly. Else can yeah, try to. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, nobody even knows what they're putting in the ground. In some of these places. Oof. Uh, yeah, it's all just a sludge that does something strange. Yeah, uh, when well, it gets down below. What's the place? Speaking of like <laughs> horrible chemicals and gasoline, mm-hmm. what's the place in China that just had the big devastating explosion? Oh, I did not read about this, but I did hear about but it. But you know, yeah. of what I speak, mm-hmm. so it was it was a um, some kind of gasoline. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was like a gas station per se. But like uh, external ground level gasoline tanks exploded. And then as a result of that, mm-hmm. internal subterranean gas tanks oh. exploded. And then because of that, a nearby sodium cyanide um, factory wow. exploded because it's a relatively flammable material. And it's incredibly toxic. Yes. Like it, it, it's got cyanide right there in the name for a reason. Like yeah. two, I was reading about it. Two hundred to three hundred milligrams can be toxic. Wow, that is like the tip of a fingernail. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, that that reminds me of the one thing that's dangerous. Well, not the one thing. There's a million things that are dangerous inside of an oil refinery, but H two S. Is mm-hmm. the most terrible gas ever. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever you were walking around uh, in a, in an oil refinery, you'd have to wear uh, monitors that would be like a, a PP parts per million monitor of, for H two S. And something as little as like ten ppm can like really. Can, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's it's insane. It's it's and the worst. Oh. Th- it's the nightmare gas. The worst thing about it is that um, if in higher concentrations it dulls your sense of smell instantly. So it normally smells like like rotten eggs, like uh, mm-hmm. like sulfur. Anything yeah. sulfuric, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it smells like sulfur. Um, but if it's in a high concentration, you can't smell it because it instantly dulls your sense of smell. That is terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. And it's very present inside crude oil. It's like, uh, and during the refining process, yeah, it's all over. What do they do with it? I mean, I guess. They burn it. Um, so like you see what they call flares. If you go by an oil refinery, there'll be like those little flames shooting up in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times, uh, they, well, they have to yeah. just get rid of it. Yeah. They have to get rid of it. Well, there's a series of processes where they try to remove the sulfur from the hydrogen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oil refineries create molten sulfur. Like it just has like, <sighs> wow. and it like hardens into like these big yellow bricks. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sell it to other people who do things who with use sulfur. Things yeah. With, yeah. 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 Uh, so, but during the that process, that is really one of the most like interesting things about the refinery process to me. Is I mean, we were already talking about like yeah. b- 
paper or plastic bags and yeah. different lubricants and things like that. But like all it's just this big gunk that we suck out of the earth. Of course there's like Yeah. You know, it's it's really crazy to yeah. think about all of the like research and technology that went that into That goes into this like slimy, disgusting, smelly, terrible stuff. Um Oh, when I was working in New Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, we had they had this machine that would go and drill core samples into the side of an oil well. Sure. Uh, like, you know, thousands of feet deep. And so uh, we would take them out, and then you put the little cores in the bottles for the geologists to analyze. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did that one time, and there was a few that were cut off depth or whatever. So, like, oh, okay, we, we, mess, we missed it, so we got to do it again. Sure. So there's extra, these little extra samples. Mm-hmm. So I put a few of them in a bottle and put them in my truck as I was going to drive home. I didn't close the lids all the way. And so, like, the, like I was, like, getting, like, um, noxious. And I was like, oh, man, I feel like I'm going to pass out. Because the even like there's the little bit of like oil that's in these little rock samples, oh just like my that those gosh. noxious, just like you can't be or you can't even be around like in a pit of crude oil, yeah, otherwise you like get like, knocked out. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I I mean that whole it's I, like it's the jizz of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, devil jizz, crude oil, crude oil, devil jizz. <laughs> We gotta take the jizz and <laughs> take it, suck it for all it's worth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> it's the name of my hard rock band, Devil Jizz. <laughs> and you're like the um, cover art is just uh, everyone just soaked in crude oil, oil. with our guitars, <laughs> oil, <laughs> yeah. oil spouting around all of you. Yeah. Um, Ah, you heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here again, first, folks. Devil again, Jizz. you heard it here first. Uh, John Thibodeau has a rock band album dropping in <laughs> four weeks. Yeah. Oh, no, I have four weeks to make an album. <laughs> <laughs> um, this will go up next week, so you got five. <laughs> All right, good. I got five weeks. <laughs> I can make a good album in five weeks. What if I if if I make an album in five weeks? Can I come back? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll play the album? Absolutely, yes. All right, cool. I've never had a repeat uh, <laughs> guest, but if you make an album in five weeks. How many songs constitute an album? <laughs> How long does it have to be to constitute uh, It's got to be an LP, man. it got to be an LP. No, no EPs here. 45 minutes of music. Yep. Okay. <laughs> i got five weeks. I'm going to put it in my calendar. I'm going to have a lot of free time coming up. <laughs> It might just be acoustic rock, <laughs> like an unplugged version. Uh, so you'll just be like one guy with a, an acoustic guitar covered in crude oil. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the promo photo, but the music is going to be hot fire, man. <laughs> oh, boy. I feel like this is a, a good time to ask, uh, how do you feel like your um, interest in and knowledge level of gasoline yeah. has influenced you uh, both creatively and just kind of in general as a person? As a person, how has gasoline influenced me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Helps me get places in my car. Sure. Um, no, I think... Uh, just in terms of, like, I, I didn't go to school to study geology. It's not something I, like, w- was, like, really into um, in terms of sciences. But being in that industry helped me learn a lot about rocks and rock formations. Sure. And sort of, like, um, the scale of geological time and, like, you know, this stuff's been in the ground for millions of years and just, like, appreciating the age of the earth and, like, 
the way almost it's like a completely different world below the surface that nobody really uh it's weird to try to gather knowledge about something you can't see with your naked eye sure and that's like just a very like thing that's like disconnected from our human experience where like you try to touch feel especially me i'm a very tactile person like i like to touch feel see things Mm -hmm. but to yeah be in an industry where so much of it is unseen like because you know so much of it is toxic so much of it is poisonous like an oil refinery just looks like a series of pipes but there's stuff in the pipes Mm -hmm. and like yeah i was gonna say that you know when you talked about throwing the bottles in the back of your uh car yeah that's such a like small scale dangerous level yeah. of working in that industry. Think about all the people who work on those rigs and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, dude, I've seen some dangerous. Well, I mean, like some dangerous stuff. Yeah, um, I was working on an oil rig one time. Um, so like they use these things called the tongs, which are basically huge wrenches. They used to screw screw oil uh, drill pipe together, mm-hmm. and um, the tongs broke. Uh, and like hit this dude in the stomach and like broke like a bunch of ribs in this guy. Oh my gosh. And uh they had to call an ambulance and all that. And, and like, that's just the mechanics of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, just stuff like that happens all the time. Like I pulled up to an oil well one time. You could see um it had already been completed, which means like there's like it was almost a bit ready to be produced, like um, they were almost ready to like hook up the hose and start sucking everything out. Gotcha. But and, like, the, but all these like um, these they call them roughnecks. These guys who work on the <laughs> work on the platforms. <laughs> you know, the salt of the earth. Really like sure. Yeah, blue yeah. collar to really the blue collar to the max. Yeah. Um, dudes are all just like standing around the oil well smoking cigarettes, and you can see. You can, see, you know, like you can see the gas mm-hmm. escaping from the top of the oil well, and mm-hmm. they're just standing next to it, just like, and like your head is about to explode because it's like, oh man, how can you, how can you do this? I can't. <laughs> I would think that kind of thing would be yeah. totally prohibited. Uh, how could you? Have you would think so, but like I said, flame. it's the wild west, dude. It is oh, literally the wild. God, west. what a t- that's and like the, uh, Zoolander and the, level yeah, shit. On the same well, there was a guy running around killing bees with a lighter and WD forty. So he had basically like a blowtorch. Oh my god! <laughs> around like an active gas producing well. Oh my god! I cannot. I can't. Yeah. So when I find out about crazy things that happen, like, you know, it's like, well, nah, I, I I am not surprised by the li- yeah. in the least. Sadly enough, I know I'm not surprised that that place exploded, you know, yeah. which is terrible. But um, stuff like that happens all the time. And it's like such an environment where people are rushed to do things. I would uh, think so. Yeah. And it's like time is money because the oil, the like the BPs and the the oil company is renting the is renting the rig from another company who does the drilling. So like they don't even have that much incentive to make it safe. They just want to make it mm-hmm. quick. Like the people who are in charge on the site are just like, well, hurry up and do it, you know? Yeah. And it's very easy to turn a blind eye to that sort of stuff. So not that they it never struck me as the safest place. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel like where did that um because you have to have been already starting to do comedy stuff while you're still working for that engineering company. Um, How do you feel like that kind of, uh, do you feel like there's any level of something that you may have like taken from that experience uh, and uh, have that had any effect on like your creative comedy life? Um, I feel like I know how good I have it. I don't think I'll ever work as hard as I worked when I was there. That's cool. Just because, um, 
I don't know, is like in terms of like physically demanding and also sure. mentally, physically and mentally demanding. Right. Um, and even, you know, I mean, cause you're, you're a touring comedian yeah. yeah. and that is a taxing lifestyle. Yeah. But well, it's not as taxing as like eating hot dogs and like sleeping in your truck for three nights in a row. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's, right. that's worse. And I, I, it's almost like a bad thing. It was like, I have this way different baseline than most people where it's uh, like, most people be like, well, there's this hotel room shitty. I'm done. I'm yeah. like, no, well, at least, you know, some guy's not getting his ribs broken right in front of me. You know, I don't like, think that's, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I think that's a really good thing because I, I mean, at least you got a hotel room. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter how shitty. I mean, I, I know what you're saying in the yeah. sense that, like, you put up with shit that maybe you shouldn't. Yeah. But at the same time, I it's, think that yeah. makes you... What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's a reason, and it's a saying, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's also a Kelly Clarkson It's also a title song? off my new album. Yes. <laughs> uh, from Devil the band Jizz. Devil Juice. <laughs> What is it? Who sings that? What does it kill you makes you stronger? Does this oh, ring a bell? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, yeah, I hope only I'm because it was impeccably recreated. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson sings that. I believe. I believe. Uh, I think you're right. Or yeah, I yeah. think I. What a beautiful voice that Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> An American Idol. An American Idol. The original. The original. Whatever happened to Sanjaya? Whatever happened. To Sanjaya. Yeah. I feel like that's the normal response. Every time I think about Kelly Clarkson, I'm like, oh, in the back of my head, there's always a little bit, what about, you know? What about Sanj? Yeah. What about Sanj? Uh, I mean, Fantasia Barino still pops up in the news every once in a while. Does she really? Oh, yeah. I Can't think- she, but she can't read the news. <laughs> I yes, uh, yes, yeah, yes yeah 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 bad yes, move bad yes, move making, yes. <laughs> making fun of illiteracy it's a real problem in the country people should learn how to read I I really advocate that I do think that at some point when she popped up in the news it was because she was like working towards mm-hmm. uh, literacy and a noble pursuit of course she should yes, yes. I fully support her in that uh, as do I <laughs> um, do you feel like there's anything else that we haven't touched on in this that you would love to we haven't touched on in gasoline I, I feel like I was about to say something earlier but i totally forgot i took you i derailed you so hard many many tendrils many tendrils and back alleys to this so many um i would say that we created a lot of you know exploded shale that we then pumped with a lot of high pressure water (laughs) i see what you're doing here proprietary chemical and I then we put it in a pipeline and sent it to a refinery, and then mm-hmm. it ended up in our gas tank. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. We did a lot of fracking on this app. We did a lot of, <laughs> a lot of fracking. A lot of fracking. Uh, any, I, like I said, I, I feel like I got so like giddy at some points <laughs> that I just jumped all over what you're saying. No, no, I liked it. It was good. It was uh, good. This was uh, so fun. Who's your pick for uh, World Series this year? I would love to see a... Let's go Pirates Jays. That's exactly what I was going to say. No way. I, I was going to, I was going to, I, because I, right when you were like delaying a little bit, I was like, well, I'm going to ban saying Cardinals. Yeah, because, sure. Uh, you know, they're playing so well right now that it might actually happen or whatever, <laughs> but I don't want to jinx it or anything. But like, who are the other teams that I would love to see? In I it? would love to see a Pirates Jays series. That would be incredible. Or like. Both teams like haven't been good since either early 90s or mid 90s. 
I mean, both early 90s, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I love Andrew McCutcheon. I love the Kutch. The Kutch. He, he's, a, he's so good, and he's such a good example of, like, that you can be really good and not be an asshole. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, yeah. like, I am share a division with Bryce Harper, and I <laughs> cannot stand the man. Uh, it's a clown question, bro. Ugh. <laughs> that sentence is the bane of my existence. That is the kernel of truth that is Bryce Harper. Exactly. But the kid, the kid can play baseball, though. He can, but you know what? I'm 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 more of a trout head than a Harper head. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly what I was gonna yeah. say. Is that he can, but he also got into the league at the same time as Mike Trout. And if you compare their stats. No contest. Yeah, Mike Trout is incredible. And I went he's to two, not an asshole. <laughs> no, he, yeah, and he's not an asshole. I went to two White Sox-Angels games just to see him play. Why would you not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Great. I mean, Harper's just now putting up the numbers that he, you know, has but been he, hyped yeah, for yeah. his whole And he's career. like a year or two younger than Trout, though. Is he? Yeah. But they they came it. into league at the same time. Uh, but he was like, I think Harper was 19 yeah, or like 18 when he, he was in the league. He was definitely under 20 because yeah. that's where clown question happened. That's a clown question, bro. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. Good old Bryce Harper. Fuck you, Bryce Harper. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Blue Jays, <laughs> Pirates. Pirates Jays World Series would be a delight. I def want to see Toronto needs to build a new stadium though. Like, can we start a baseball podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here for <laughs> uh, MBS and T Box. Uh, we'll come up with a better name later. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's the starting point. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, oh, man. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> this has been so great. I love you, and I mean that. No, I love you too. This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.